Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Come on, Mark, join in. Cover it. Oh no, God, that was awful. Cover it with chocolate on a miracle or two. That I, I have a cold. This. I have a cold. I only know this. Disclaimer: I have a cold. I only know the Simpsons version of the garbage man can. I thought it started quite well. I'm sad about that ending. Featuring you too on the Simpsons version. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. What What's this from? Is it's this the from... Candy Man? It's the Candy Man can. Is it from Willy Wonka? I think it's from Willy Wonka, but looking at um, Google. <laughs> I don't think it's. It yeah. says a song by Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, but I mean, so, like, it will be a like a standard. Yeah. you think. Anyway, oh, anyway, and someone's put is the Candyman song about drugs? Probably. Probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> a podcast about Candyman. Yes. Let's not say it five times. Times two. Oh no! Yes, t- times two, not times five. Yeah. So. I have been waiting for Candyman for quite a while. It's really been built up over the past year. Because I remember Nia DaCosta, who's the director of Candyman that's come out this year, saying that she would not allow it to go on a streaming service, that it was going to be in the cinemas. And I think she was one of the first people that came out alongside your man, Inception. Nolan. Nolan, thank you. He, you know, he was saying that obviously, and he did that for Tenet. But she also was a, a big voice at the time, saying, you know, I'm not going to let my film go on the stream so that I've made it for the big screen. So that's what caught my attention. But I, I wasn't really excited about the film per se because I didn't really know much about Candyman. And then <laughs> we saw it; it had come on sort of Sky movies the like general movies hadn't they yes and we thought well we might as well watch the 1992 version Candyman yeah it's a shame it's not like I'm gonna say like Candyman 92 and Candyman 21 but we'll survive so we watched Candyman 92 together just call it 92 okay and <laughs> call it Candyman new... 92 yeah together the other night over two nights actually wasn't yes. it because we... even though it's quite short yeah, but I didn't know it was short at the time. No, but uh, I think yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but we had we, we've been ill. Yes. Yeah. We were tired. Fo- anyone following our socials will know that we've just had just illness after illness after illness. We are the house of ill. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah, it was one of those ones where we got part way through and then and then we did it on a second night, but it became more of a thing, didn't it? Because we knew that Candyman twenty twenty one was a, was about to come out, and there started to be a lot of. <laughs> no pun intended buzz around it and i was hearing all sorts of things from one spectrum to another in terms of people's reaction to it and certainly the socioeconomic analysis the racial analysis and i got really really into it i thought right well, let's you know let's watch this early doors the original candy man and, and then mm. be able to compare it to the new one and that's exactly what we did I think that could have been summed up in about four four less sentences. I but... knew you were looking at me for you were like looking going, You're taking your time over this, love. Yeah. You're I'm taking wait, your time. Waiting to speak. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman. They whisper his name. Read. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. 
An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Where did I... It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now, she is about to discover. Helen? Mystery. I'm sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all, come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. You, you carry on. Okay. Over to you. So, 1992 Candyman mm-hmm. was a film I'd never seen. and But it held like an interesting place in my memory because I saw a lot of horror movies through sleepovers with my mates when we were kids. We used yeah. to go down to Pharaoh's Video Cottingham, as previously mentioned. <laughs> as previously mentioned on this podcast. podcast. And we uh, used to get out like four different horror movies because... It was good to scare each other. There was normally a bit of nudity, which when you're 13, it's probably, you know, it's the really... The most exciting yes, thing you've ever seen, really, Absolutely, isn't it? yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so... But when they got out Candyman, I must have either been on holiday or away, because I remember everyone coming out going, oh, that's the scariest film I've ever seen. And I've just never, ever caught up with it. I don't think it's that scary. No, I don't either. I think if... I don't think it's scary in the way that twelve and thirteen year old boys would think it's scary. So I think we'll it's sinister. Yes, and there's, I suppose, there's body horror. Yeah, but yeah, it. I really set myself up for it because, as you know, renowned scaredy cat don't really like horror at all, especially not supernatural horror. And I knew that the original Candyman had a supernatural element to it in yes. terms of the Candyman being the villain mm-hmm. and that he was a supernatural force. Yeah. Although they don't sort of call him a ghost. He's, he's it's almost like maybe a demonic presence, something like that. I, I don't really know. It's, it's something to pick apart. I think we'll, 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 again, we'll come back to that later on, well, I mean, what there's... he actually represents. I mean, there is a horror trope, isn't mm. there, of Freddy, Jason, yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah. Of just, they're not really ghosts, they're not, they're just monsters that yes. come after. And I think Candyman is an example of that. He yeah. is alive as long as you need him to be alive. You can destroy him, but then he'll come back for a sequel and multiple sequels for reasons. Yeah, so he's more of a sort of like a, a sinister presence rather than a ooh, ghost ones that you're really scared the of. ones i mean i mean he's not wearing like a sheet and got holes cut out of or anything like that, that. would make you more scared wouldn't yeah it, it would it would why i don't know i don't know let's not unpack that here i really want to <laughs> <laughs> i think this is my best chance because you'll shut but it I down was, i was worried i was really worried i sat and i thought 
we're watching this quite late at night. I have got a pillow just in case, but am I going to do the same thing that I did a couple of weeks ago, which was watch a bit of a film, get so scared that we have to turn it off? Okay. So, should we say from now on, there's going to be spoilers for 92? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. do spoilers from here. Um, so There were points where you really couldn't watch, but there were points where someone... Um, were there? Virginia Madsen? Yeah, yeah. yeah is opening toilet doors oh yes yes and you could not look at the screen yeah it's the anxiety of there's somebody behind the toilet door there's going to be someone's good it's the jumpy things so mm. you it's building up to a presence being there either real or imagined you know so or, or the monster it's either going to be some someone on the estate that wants to cause a harm or it's going to be the candy man so yeah, it's it's more of that build-up. I didn't really care who was behind the door. It wasn't like I was waiting for the Candyman to be there and that's what scared me. It was more, there's, there's going to be something. Something is going to happen. And certainly when she's crawling through the apartment in the in the, the housing estate yes. and she goes into Ruthie Jean's apartment and where, where this, this girl's been, been murdered and then she goes into the cabinet in the bathroom and crawls through the space... That terrified me because just the the spookiness of going into a place that clearly no one should be going into that wasn't particular. And also, Baby in Peril in Candyman, in the yeah. original Candyman, didn't yeah. like that one bit, particularly not the bit at the end when he's in the middle of a bonfire. That bit didn't like that at all. Thankfully, Baby fine at the end because I really did think, oh no, are they going to go there? Are they going to go there? Because this is proper horror, and you know horror can do those things. But you know, we got halfway through. Yeah. That sort of performance, you know, a home cinema performance mm. of watching that film, and I remember turning to you and saying, "This is not the film I thought it was going to be." Oh no! I mean, we got halfway through, and Candyman hadn't appeared on screen mm. yet. Tony Todd does not appear on screen for the first 40, 50 minutes of this film. It's mainly like it's it's closer to a, like an investigation, investigative film such as like um, Sounds of Lambs, maybe. Okay, because you said that you thought that Virginia Madsen really reminded you of Clarice Starling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and I could I could see that, especially in the way that she looks and she she presents herself. Mm. She's very intelligent. So yeah, you you really felt that there was more of a procedural investigation element to it. That bit I really enjoyed because it's essentially the like you say the first half of the film is about academia, which obviously is my world. So this young woman who's a graduate student and her friend that are both doing I don't they keep talking about doing a thesis like they're going to do it together. I don't know if that's a thing, but they were talking about their thesis. Which typically a thesis is done by one person. Yeah. And the friend later, I think the friend's name is Bernadette, she doesn't really feature in it until later on when her, you know, she, she comes to a very sad demise. <laughs> but she, you know, they don't talk about her um, further on from that. It's She's sort of just as one of the victims. Yeah. But Helen, who is played by Virginia Madsen, she is a young academic. And she is looking into myth and legend and folklore, which seems to also be her husband or partner's 
played by Xander Berkeley. Yes. The brilliant Xander Berkeley seems to be his realm as well in academia. So there's that real competitiveness between the two of them that rang really true to me of him saying, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to talk about that in my lectures. Nice old school lecturing with, you know, no no windows, no nothing, you know, big, um, big staircases and wooden desks. And also she walks into his lecture two seconds from the end. Which you, know. you said he didn't pick up, and then he's like, oh, it's my wife. Oh, yeah, 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 fair enough. But, yeah, and, and there's a scene where his Xander Berkeley goes out with Helen and Bernadette to, uh, like, they go out for tea, don't they? Yes. And there's the other male academic there in a scene that absolutely, I have been <laughs> in those situations before where you are absolutely patronised by an older male academic who then, as they do in this film, tells you that they did a paper on that ten years ago and haven't you read it? Yes. You know, and, and does, doesn't feel at any point that you have any more to add to the research or, or to the literature than what they have already done many years ago and dined out on ever since. I really felt that was very true to life. And so the film really spoke to me from an academic's perspective and the way that she was trying to gather all the evidence and the way that she really got involved in it was really part of her her life and a lot of researchers really do um think about their research like all the time and that that was really something that resonated with me did you find the academic bits of it boring (laughs) were you waiting for the horror i wouldn't necessarily say i found it i didn't found the right so the first half of the film i didn't have a problem with because i think it, it wasn't the film that i thought it was going to be but probably something i appreciate more than just a remake of nightmare on elm street or something like that um, I mean, the commentary of, oh, I, oh, I love this. Oh, oh, this is what I do um, that I had next to me was somewhat tiresome. Um, Thanks, love. But, yeah, um, not not the ideal viewing experience. It's better than me going, I can't watch this anymore. I'm going to have to turn it off. No, but then you go to bed and then I can watch it by myself. And, uh, so, oh, it's academia, you said at one point. Which, yeah, like... Oh, look, they're in a university. Look at those lecture theatres. I don't think anyone said at the sadly missed sleepover that was there. <laughs> oh, look, look, Danny, it's like academia. Sad times. Yeah. But then the second half becomes far more... More of a subtle horror. Because you can certainly read it in a certain way where Candyman doesn't exist and she is either through being hit on the head during an attack, a, a, quite a brutal attack in the in the toilets, or just through sort of madness of r- getting too far into your subject, that she is performing these crimes. Um, and this that goes all the way through to the end. The very ending lost me, I have to admit. That where it becomes like that she was, you were always the one, oh, yes. or something like yeah. that. And I think, is it indicated that Candyman is coming after her because she is the reincarnation of, of the his... of the yeah. woman that he fell for, that he was painting? Yes. And yeah, that came like, out of nowhere, didn't it? I was it? like, nah, bollocks. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It really lost me at the end. And I really love that idea of, is it in her mind? Is yeah. she performing these crimes? Because you you could read it that way. At one point, I think she is um, she's in a psychiatric hospital, or that's what we're led to believe, that she's been taken to a psychiatric hospital because they think that she has done all of these crimes and that they want to check that she's 
has the capacity to go to court. Yes. And she talks to who I'm presuming is going to be a, a psychiatrist. And he shows her a video of a scene where we have seen her speaking to a floating candy man and the candy man's sort of floating under and she's going help help can you not see him and on the screen on the tv he's clearly he's just not there and she can't believe it and she you know she's going i'm you know i'm sort of lost my mind and then she calls <laughs> it's like <laughs> he appears and but again you could you could read that as she has somehow got out of her her sort of restraints yeah and she has attacked him and then then go there's nothing in it that i remember where you could think oh actually she's so far away from this attack that it it can't you know it can't be her it's going to be yeah but i'm not sure that's what the film is really wanting us to go down i don't think it wants us to go down the path of saying oh well helen's um it's really it's all in helen's mind and actually she's now a murderer I'm not sure. I mean, I think it certainly wants to be, to be a part of... I, th- I think it... I, th- I don't think it shies away from that. No, I'm not saying that it shies away from it. I'm saying I don't think it's leading us down the, that absolute path. Uh, okay. I think it's saying it's a possibility. Yes, okay, But right, also these you. are these yeah. other things. And given that her difficulties in her marriage, because Xander Berkeley is a very, very bad man. <laughs> um, I mean, we pegged it early on, didn't we? We did. I mean, you, you knew the um, the student that he's cl- he was clearly sleeping with. You knew her name. Straight away you clocked it, her name was Stacy because it was just so obvious that that... Yeah. One of those early scenes. And it's that, that it's that sulking look and... Uh, oh, look, here's your wife. And then I recognise the actress. So I'm like, she's not just me someone. And, I mean, I reckon... It's one of the people who you recognise through having seen an episode of Friends where they're at Ross and Monica's grandma's funeral. Uh, she's got two lines, I think, where she's chatting to Chandler. And that's about it. I mean, but, you say, yeah. I think... But really, after we watched this film, you went and found that episode on the telly and showed it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I say, I yeah. Think. yeah, you say, that's I exactly what you know exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, and then later on, you see, you see that obviously he's been having an affair with her. He's moved her in. They're repainting the house, uh, the, this, the the flat. Sorry, um, a hideous color of pink. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole thing, pink as well. I mean, really interesting. Um, and come on, it's the early nineties. We've seen enough Good Night Sweetheart to <laughs> yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Interior decoration in the nineteen nineties was hideous. Oh, it was all very busy, wasn't it? Um, so he, you know, she's having difficulties in her relationship. So maybe that's playing it. You know, this idea that Candyman is after her. That the, there is a very sexual element to it, particularly towards the end, where he's like floating on top of her, like I've already said. But he's also carrying her, and there is. I think there's a line really, really towards the end where they're they're in this this room together, where he's like, you know, surrender to me, Helen, yes. blah blah blah. And then, like you say, she sees a mural on the wall where there's like the face of the woman who he fell for back in 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 the time when he. He was alive and it, it, it's meant to look a bit like like her didn't but really though did it it what? didn't really <laughs> if, no. if, 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 if you were she was stood next to it you wouldn't be like oh god they're identical <laughs> you definitely wouldn't have picked out oh that's virginia madsen yeah, if, it, yeah. if it wasn't part of this film yeah if it wasn't like they didn't zoom in on it really slowly and then play yes. play the music they made it very to... clear that you should know that yes. this looks like it this rather than Helen. actually looks this like it Helen. yeah yeah so yeah i did i got that and to be honest the there very, there really was a male gaze in this. <laughs> there um, was some massive going back to previous oh, comments, gratuitous, uh, yeah. topless scenes. There was so like in the bath, and not just in the bath with a load of bubbles. In the bath, 
side shot for you know getting out of the bath yeah. everything moving once she's arrested she uh-huh. they can take a top off and stand there yeah. topless no no, no, no reason need for whatsoever. that scene whatsoever no need for that scene and she's covered in blood as well and it's yeah and then the um the student who is, has moved in with Xander <laughs> Berkeley just yeah. decides she's not going to wear a bra around yeah. the house, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. I think in the pandemic, many bar- bras were thrown away. A lot of people <laughs> were like, right, I'm not wearing my bra. But on this, this particular film, I know, on this particular film, she's wearing a sheer top yeah. and walking around. The, there, there was no need for her character to be doing that. You know, there was yes. no need for that whatsoever. You could see absolutely everything. And there's generally, genuinely, I just thought this is ridiculous. It's laughable. So, yeah, th- there was a lot of that going on. But that got that got things rented. You know, like... <laughs> what? The, the odd... Are you going back to Pharaoh's yeah. video? Well, yeah, like, that's what it was. It was... It comes off the exploitation movement of the 70s, I guess, where, you know, bit of scaring, bit of scaring, bit of nudity... And wrap it up in in, in less than uh, 50, 100 yeah, minutes. It, yeah, it wasn't that that long, was it? Was it an hour and a half, something like that? Uh, it's one hour, f- uh, one hour forty, just 40-ish. under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't the film I thought it was going to be. I, I, t- I just totally agree. I totally agree. And I think it, I went to bed thinking there was so much to unpack, and I really enjoyed going back and sort of reading original reviews of it i tried to listen to a couple of podcasts but i ha- I couldn't find very many where people had gone back and looked at the original Candyman because most were looking obviously at the, the newer film and maybe sort of peppering it in with some commentary about the original i think there were major major and i'm not saying anything new here because i know it's been said before but there are major major problematic problematic get my teeth in elements with the original film I found it really uncomfortable that this was a story that centred a white uh, academic who was speaking to black people and there seemed to be this real, not only a racial element to it, but a class element as well. There's a scene where Helen speaks to two cleaners in within the university. Yeah. They are both black women and they are portrayed as um, lower intelligence. They are portrayed as people who were just there to, to tell a story. And she is positioned as the person with all the power. She doesn't, you know, <laughs> and again, I'm going to go back to my job, right? Because I'm honestly, like, if you're doing research, there, there are ethical considerations. I realise this is a film. I'm, I'm going to say that before you look at me like that anymore. I totally realise this is a film, but it really feels, it feels exploitative to me that she's calling upon these women, asking them about their experiences, and she's putting her microphone on the the um the desk but she's not actually saying what she's going to use it for she is the person with all the power in that relationship she's she's getting everything she wants from them and she's giving them nothing in return and i really felt a sense of unease uh, particularly in the way that the people within the housing um the projects that she goes to the way that they are portrayed um i think is very stereotypical um there were some some really problematic moments there. I also really, I got really confused as to why Candyman was attacking people within the black community. 
Because he was a man who was attacked and and ultimately killed by white people. Yes. In in a in a racist attack. So I couldn't quite wrap my head around why he was attacking people who were clearly struggling, who were in poverty. It apparently he attacked this woman and a baby. I I didn't understand why that was happening. Is it not the area where that just so happens to have been have had the black community put in there and mm. th- th- obviously this the the modern film leans into this far more yes yeah um before we go ahead to that yeah i mean this is another reason why i think it it comes down to is it helen that's doing these crimes yeah um and you know there isn't an answer to that which i hate I hate when people try and get definitive answers to... Yeah, the yeah there isn't. It leaves it completely open. Is Deckard a replicant? <laughs> well, no, but maybe yes. If you want to see it that way, that's fine. I think he is, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a good point to transition into the new Candyman because, like you say, all of those issues are picked up and looked at in a, in a different way in the most recent film, which is directed by a black woman. It centres on a a mainly black cast and it looks at the journey of Candyman in a a very different way. So shall we go on to... You're you're looking funnily. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Shall we go on to talk about the new Candyman? Yeah, can we talk about the experience of watching it first? Ah, right. I wondered what your face was for, right? Yes, yeah, go on. Because we went and watched this separately. Oh, yeah, that's You went to our local cinema on Sunday night, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, a, a fairly early evening showing. I, for reasons, mm. found a couple of hours to kill, that had, had a couple of hours to kill in London. Yes. So I decided to go to the Dolby Cinema in Leicester Square. Is that what they call it? The Dolby Cinema? Yes. Right. It is a Dolby certified cinema. It's the only one in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, this is this is where they have all the premieres. Yeah, I got very excited. About I was it. really excited about it. I I were with me. I was up with the baby, um, f- feeding him and trying to settle him, and uh, you were off swanning around uh, Leicester Square, going to the place where they do all the red carpet premieres. It's fun, that it's happy days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely cinema. It is beautiful. Will you explain what it's like? Because I. I imagine it being absolutely massive, right? Because when you say the Odeon at Leicester Square, you just think of it being this huge thing. Is it that? It didn't look that because you sent me photographs. It didn't look that big inside. I mean, I was in the stalls. In the stalls? Yes. So there are stalls. Then there is a royal circle. Oh, it's like a proper theatre. And then there is a top level, which I don't know what that's called. That's because I remember looking at it thinking, eh, it's really small. I thought it was massive. No, it was just in the stalls. Wow. And this is is a a new kind of cinema that's coming out. Um, They're rolling out all of America, and this is the first one in the UK, that has been certified by Dolby for experience, for visuals, and for sound. So they all have Dolby Atmos, which a lot of cinemas will have now. Do you want to know what Dolby Atmos is? I remember seeing the adverts for it when I go to the pictures. Okay. When we, well, you know, when we go to IMAX, does it say that there? Does it have like a oh, sort no, of you're, sound you're, when you're thinking, doing... Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't have the helicopter flying <laughs> yeah. through the city with really bad CGI. Yeah. and uh, no. So basically it is, they have speakers in the ceiling as well. So not just the two at the front. 
at the side. Oh, the is back. it the one that like you have when you sit in the chair and it and it shakes? No. Oh, okay. No, no. Did okay. you not listen to me? No. Nope. Um, so they have se- they have speakers in the ceiling to have a more precise surround sound. It has laser projection. What? Which okay. So normal <laughs> little lasers coming out and like shining in your eyes. Well, not in your Ooh. eyes. No, on the screen. So it's projected okay. by laser, which gives it. It's one of them things where you didn't realize. You didn't realise what you were missing until you see it, but it has incredibly black blacks and incredibly bright colours. Right. So the thing I would equate it to is, you know when we go to John Lewis and we see <laughs> those massive 72-inch tellies that cost and seven we, grand? And we stand in front of them and, and go, go, can't afford yeah, that. We want one of those. Yeah, It's like one of them, but blown up. So it's incredibly oh. high definition, It's but the contrast ratio between the blackest black and the lightest light is huge. Um, I'm going to go see Shang-Chi this weekend at some point, and I'm, I think it's going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, that is, the blacks aren't black in this. Yeah, so you're going to see the difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautifully projected experience the shots of chicago in this look beautiful and there is a little there's a little thing that they play beforehand you know like they have the imax thing where there's a guy boxing and things like that you have the um you have the dolby cinema thing which is like just colors going all over the place and sound going around you like it should be and stuff like that also because it's like a historic theater after the trailers the the screen plays a fire curtain that comes down oh, and this little animated fire curtain oh, that, that uh, which comes down before they widen the thing and they that put on the cool. animation card. Anyone who was listening in London is like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, they do, of course it they does, do this all the time. Yeah, like, we're like little tourists, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. I'm like, really? Did yeah. they have it? Really? The, the, these northern lot come down <laughs> and disgrace our cinema. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it's not it's not the cheapest cinema I've ever been to, obviously, but it's it was a lovely experience to go to and... Were there many people in? So there was about twelve people in. Um, well, I don't know because I was in the stalls. Oh, so, right, of course. And I was at the back of the it. stall, so you could definitely hear voices above me. And I don't think it was the Dolby Atmos speakers. Okay. And but I don't know how many. It wasn't busy, but it was. It was nine o'clock. I went, and it finished at eleven o'clock at night. So mm, yeah, I know it's a horror film, but yeah, yeah it's not going to be the most the most available to everyone yeah, else. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was really nice to go and it killed a night where I had nothing to do and it was better than sitting in my hotel room watching Channel 5 or something like that. (laughs) Channel 5? I don't know. Like, you don't get many channels on the thing, (laughs) do we, as previously explained. So, clearly, anyone who's listening will know, we've not talked about this at all, we've not talked about your experience in the cinema. Yeah. You, 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 you came home and you said that you had a lot to say about it. Mm. So let's start with that. What What is your opinion Ooh. on this film? What? Before we go into what? it, can I just ask you? Yeah. Did you, when you went to see it, did you, I think we've discussed the trailers that we got and they're very similar. Yeah, we did. Did you get a Disney Plus Walking Dead commercial? Yes, I did. Yes, I and did. Was yeah. there a bit where the screen went black and there was noise coming on <gasps> yes, the screen? That was really scary. That's the scariest bit of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So for people that haven't <laughs> that haven't seen this, there is a obviously Walking Dead season eleven has just restarted on Disney Plus. Moved to there from the Fox Channel, FX oh, Channel, whatever I mean, it's called now me, in the I UK. So it's just a standard trailer of look, this is what's happening, and then. The screen goes black and there's kind of like breathing sounds. 
Yeah. Like, that's and like yeah. a bit Blair Witch, I yeah, thought. Yeah, very much. And then a zombie comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, yeah, says, enjoy the film or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I didn't see the zombie come out of nowhere because I wasn't looking at the screen at that point. Because <laughs> I didn't like it and I thought, I'm on my own in the cinema. It's very dark. I've got to drive home after this. And um, I'll just not look at the screen and pretend it's not. And I'm, I was thinking, I'll think about something else. So I didn't see the zombie come out of the thing. <laughs> but I knew it was Walking Dead. My, was my immediate thought was, oh God, how did Elaine like, not jump out of skin for <laughs> this? I, I know. Because I was looking to the floor. Like if you open a door thinking, and I'm behind that door, you get scared. It's true. So, uh, it's true. Yeah. so like, do you want to do a spoiler free reaction to the new Candyman and then we'll go into yeah. an RSS? This is where it all began. The story of Candyman. Local character, he walk around handing out candy to the neighborhood kids. One day, a couple of kids get razor blades in their candy. Police come around. That's when I saw the true face of fear. Get on your knees. Hands, hands, hands. They beat him, tortured him, killed him right there on the spot. A couple weeks later, more razor blades and more candy. He'd been innocent. So he's real? Candyman ain't a he. Candyman's the whole damn hive. If you're out here looking for Candyman, you ask me, stay away. I feel really connected to this story. God. Right here, in this neighborhood. The legend started. Uh huh. And the legend is, if we say hey, his hey, name five, five times, times while looking in the mirror, yeah. we could summon him. Summon the Candyman. Hell no. Candyman. Anthony, no. Candyman. Stop. I don't want to get creeped out in my new apartment before bed. Can't candy. Black people don't need to be summoning. No. I dare you. Don't say that. Say his name. Candyman. You better not do that last one. Candyman. Candyman. You want to be a part of the story, right? No. Say his name. Candyman. Anthony? Anthony. Anthony. Are you okay? Anthony. What the hell is going on? Anthony! This neighborhood is haunted. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real. He chose you. He has purpose for you. Tell everyone. (laughs) New to the neighborhood. (laughs) You should say it. Candyman. Say his name. So my opinion is it's a very well-made film that just didn't work for me. I think there are great people in this. There are the cast is amazing. Yaya Abdul Mateen is The second. The second. Sorry. Yeah. Just in case anyone thought his dad might be in there. <laughs> Captain Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan's dad. Captain Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan's dad. I'm thinking ahead because I'm yeah. about to say okay. Tiana Paris. Yes. Who you're thinking of Captain. Yes. Because of her role in WandaVision, which and we loved. And the upcoming Captain and Marvel upcoming sequel. Captain Marvel. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think she's also in a really random film 
called Photograph with Lakeith Stanfield. When was that? Uh, it was how a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it might be 2020. It's, it, yeah, I would, uh, it was all right. Oh, well, thanks for that little segue. Yeah, little, little learn. That I thought they were both brilliant. And yeah. They got, they, they got on really well. Got, you know, yes. They, I thought they worked really well together and they really bounced off each other as well. You can see the chemistry between them. I mean, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II really wears a little woolly hat really well. I love that hat. <laughs> and and it, I think it really, like, you know, sometimes these things come on you think, oh, I'm always wearing that. But it, I thought it really added to it. You knew he's, an, he's a struggling artist. He's tortured artist. He would wear that hat. He would yeah. absolutely wear that hat. Almost when he walks into, and, and this is not a small, he walks into an art gallery yes. where some art is, and you can see it sort of perched on his end. It almost felt like it was a comfort blanket for him. So I really felt that the costuming, um, and there's a lot of costuming in this, it's quite subtle. Mm-hmm. The costuming really worked with the, the characters. I mean, she wears some, some stunning things, but again, things that really work for her character. And no walking around with her uh, see-through, see-through top on. Yeah, there is a subtle difference, isn't there? There is, a little bit. Um, Common Domingo, who plays William Burke, William Burke, is so good in this. I'm going to agree we're going to have to agree to disagree on that and we'll talk about that when we get to spoilers really yeah yeah let's come back to that when we get to spoilers I was not I wasn't convinced and everyone else seems to be thinking that he's brilliant I'm not saying he's terrible by any stretch of the imagination but I just I just wasn't quite there with him interesting when we get to spoilers we'll talk about that remind me okay Um, so yeah so what are your thoughts on this I loved it I absolutely loved it. I um, Can I do star ratings now to give you an idea? Yeah. Yeah, I know you sometimes like to leave them until the end, but I thought it was a four-star film. I thought visually it was absolutely stunning. I loved the direction. I loved the cinematography. I loved the characters. I really liked the idea of the gentri- gentrification, although I can't say that word. I liked the way that it sort of righted the wrongs, in inverted commas, that I felt came from the original film and that, that's quite clearly what they're trying to do is this is this is a sequel to the original rather than a remake of the original and they are doing things with the myth and the legend which I thought was really interesting. The third act, however, lost me. I'd agree. It really lost me and maybe that's why I'm struggling with certain performances and things that sort of uh, come to fruition towards the end of end of the film. I know what you are referring yeah. to there. We'll get into that in spoilers. Yeah. yeah. But I loved it. And I, I just wanted to, as soon as I came out, I wanted to listen to that. I know we do that with every film. We always do it with the podcast. And stuff, but I'm waiting for people who we particularly listen to some podcasts that are sort of like, our podcast, you know, the, the ones that yes. you're like, you can listen to lots of bits and pieces, but these are the people that I really want to know what their opinion is. And um, a lot of them haven't come out with their Candyman review yet. And I got straight in the car and I was just like cycling through trying to find those reviews just to see what their their opinions were because I just thought it was, I, it just really, really spoke to me on a visual level. And not that it was particularly scary, although again, sinister. I just thought it had so much to say. 
so much to say about gentrification, so much to say about racial um, inequality, so much to say about the politics of our time. That's not to say that it wasn't messy towards the end, and that's where my reservations about Act 3 are, but I just felt... I just felt a real connection to it, and I I love the way it looked. Um, so I, I'm listening to you talking about this, and I agree with you about the way it looked. And for me, it's a three star film. It's a low three. A low um, three. Yeah, wow, yeah, okay. absolutely. It just so I think it wasn't a bit half hearted with a lot of the themes. Sort of the gentrification kind of came and went. Like it tried to do too much to me. It goes into things in the third act, which. Um, we'll get into, like I say, but yeah, we're gonna have to get into that pretty quickly, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Skirting around yeah. It. But then you know, it also a lot of the subtlety that I enjoyed from the first film just went out the window. Like it's just not interested in that, and it retrospectively took away what I found interesting from the first film. We're gonna have to go into spoilers because yes. we're just sort of going around, going around. So let let's get into it. So, yeah. so spoilers from now on, everyone. Yeah. Spoilers now on for the new Candyman. We are gonna absolutely spoil it. So, I mean, there is just no doubt that Candyman is a being in this that goes around killing people. Yeah. For yeah. for shits and giggles. Yeah. People who are annoying yeah. in the art gallery. People who are perfectly fine just in their normal lives. I think to begin with, you could read it as Yahya Abdul-Mateen II's Because he character. is shown. But he is shown. Because he has something to do with all of those people. But he is shown doing things while that first murder takes place. Yeah. He is in his flat. And yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Although you could, you could read it that his character is Anthony. Anthony goes back to the art gallery when the curator and his assistant are having sex or about to have sex you could read it that he's made his way because it doesn't look like it's too far from where he lives so you could and i was thinking oh he's made his way back to the gallery he's attacking them because he's had this big fallout with them before but yeah it's making you do a lot of work to Mm. to do that and they do that with the critic as well with the art critic he's in her house and then, you know. But you see him leave, and then, yeah. and then she, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. But mm. to begin, to begin with, I thought it was going down that that route of is is this all in? Is is he losing his mind because he's become so upset? A bit like with Helen and the research. This isn't really in the research, but this is in an art. For, you know, this is a, a story that he has captured him so completely that he can't get it out of his, his mind that he's having to draw these big paintings. Yeah. And he's consumed by the story. But then it sort of loses all of that when you've got things like the girls in the toilet. Seemed totally just attacked on attack just because mm. they needed something in the script to keep it going. Mm. Like, it just, that served no purpose. I know that she, one of the, the main girl was in the art gallery yes. earlier, but that paid no, no I, relevance I, to anything. I, I, I did like it, um, but I'm going to defend the film um, because, you know, as you know, I really did like I liked it. I liked it from the visuals. I liked it from the, uh, there's very subtle bullying of a black girl that comes into the toilets and, I think this plays into this theme that I think Nia da Costa is trying to 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 bring forward, which mm. is that Candyman in this film doesn't go after uh, black people; he goes after white people, 
And that made more sense to me, yeah. given the the background of the Candyman character uh, that that these are in in the film in this film in particular, they are extending the myth to say that Candyman um, is not only the original Tony Todd character; it's also other people who, through history, have been attacked, have been abused, have been killed by the police, who have been innocent people who have who have been murdered. So I wonder, and I don't think you're going to have an answer to this, are these other Candymen explored in the sequels to Candyman? I don't think so, but my feeling is that they are setting up mm. sequels to this film, if that makes sense. But also they're referencing real-life murders that that t- have taken place okay so i think that in particular they're mm. referencing the murder of emmett till for example i think yeah. he's mentioned in the mm. in the film so they i think they're taking real life murders by police for example um by uh, communities and putting them into this fictional piece can i make a statement that you may never ever hear me say again okay go on. I think it needed another 15, 20 minutes, this film. Oh, no, I've never heard you say that. I think there are there are some really weird cuts in this. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like? So there is a scene where Yaya Abdul-Mateen goes to the hospital and a nurse comes in and says, oh, I've got some bad news for you. And then it just cuts to a different scene. And it's not like it does anything. I don't think she says you've got some bad news. She something. wraps up his hand... Yeah. No, there is there is a, a very severe cut at that point. Is there? Yeah. Um there is the scene where it Isn't jumps... that the one where hang on a minute. Isn't that the one where she says oh, here's your arm, oh we've we've sorted you out now, but you need to keep an eye on it. And then he has the revelation that he was born on the south side, which leads him to talk to his mother. Might be something else then. Yeah, that that you're quite right. But there is certainly a scene there is a scene about four or five well, it's four or five different scenes where I just thought the cuts here are really weird. You're quite right. Not at all. Um, the, the scene where it explores Brianna's father taking his own life. That just... There is nothing paid before that. I get that. And get it just that, cuts yeah. into it as part of a dream sequence and then just cuts away from it as part of a different... Into a different dream sequence. Some Just some foreshadowing at the beginning would have been perfect, but it seems like they've tried so much to get this down to 90 minutes or around 90 minutes. I, I really want to go back and watch this with you when it comes back so I can just point out all the bits which oh, thanks, the, the editing. Which I don't like. Colbert Domingo. Yeah, okay. So I like the introduction of him to begin with because he's starting off the, the new film with this journey of, okay... Um, here's this guy who was uh, misunderstood within the community. He had a hook for a hand, um, and he um ki- he gave kids sweets, and people thought that he was a a bad person, but actually he was just completely mis misunderstood, and the police killed him. He was yeah. an innocent man. The police killed him. They thought he was putting razor blades in sweets, but after he died, it turns out the razor blades in sweets continued so it's starting us off on that Candyman is not just from uh, um, a century many you know many many centuries ago Mm. he is also from the 70s so so that I thought oh right that's where they're going with it they're they're showing you that Candyman is this this person this person this manifestation this myth that comes out of 
brutality and abuse and racism. Yeah. So, okay, I've, I've got all of that. And then at the end, I just didn't understand why the William Burke character was trying to bring back, in inverted commas, the Candyman through Anthony. He clearly knew Anthony was the baby from the yes. original film. But why was he trying to, you know, he was almost trying to, like, Frankenstein mon- Frankenstein's monster him into Candyman. I didn't understand why Anthony was in some sort of daze, you know, so he's getting his hand sawn off and he's just sort of, like, sitting there crying rather than going, get off me hand you know what i mean i didn't understand why his body had become so infected like a sort of like a honeycomb although i understand the visual reference with being stung by the bee and everything like that i i just didn't understand where that came from can you help me i think the term it's a film and he's getting <laughs> he's getting so yeah i mean the obviously the bee is a representation of the candy man um, throughout all the films, and he is getting enveloped in his art as much as Helen was in her research in the first yeah, film. And I get that, right? I get that. But why does the William Burke character come in at the end, all crazed and like? And then he, he's like kidnapping Tiona Paris and saying, "You need to witness it." Well, what is she? What is she witnessing? I don't understand what she's witnessing. Did you not have a problem with this? Yes, but I didn't give it four stars. <laughs> okay, right. Well, that's my only reservation. Okay, um, I would... So, uh, I, I think it fell apart in the third act. It goes into a part, into a comment on police violence against African-American people, which I'm not going to tell anyone... that the, I, I'm aware that I am a white person in the UK saying this, but it felt like a late addition to the script to me. It, it it didn't. It seemed like someone wrote it in in reaction to the events of last year and the previous hundred years of America, yeah, but yeah. specifically in the Black Lives Matter movement last year, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem integrated into the rest of the story. Um, and I think if you are going to make that statement, I would prefer to see it in more integrated because otherwise, I think it's almost like. It's an afterthought, which I think is a shame because it's a really powerful piece that and they do. I was do. just about to say, it, it is incredibly powerful, isn't it? When mm. he walks around the police car and these are these clearly racist police officers that have shot him. He's an, he's an unarmed man. Yeah. He, he's, he's clearly very injured. Yeah. And they've just come in and shot him. And she, they've also ab- abusing Tiona Paris and mm. they're trying to get her to corroborate their story that you know the the he came at them and and really really um pulling the strings of everything that you have have said telling her what she should say yeah. as well you you you're, you're completely right in it's a really powerful scene when you then see all the different candy men including a young child yeah like sort of walking around the car and being shown in the car mm. i found it very moving because of everything that you have said but i i agree with you that you probably wanted to see that weaved in it and maybe this is where i'm having the book it just felt very much like this is now in the third act mm. and yeah go on and i go think on. that there has been so many brilliant films about 
police attitudes, such as uh, Mangrove, for example, for Trial of Chicago, Trial of Chicago Seven. So many of these have come out in the past few years that I think this statement just feel felt. I, I just think it it seemed yeah it seemed tacked on, which the the writers of this film have every right to do to to do what they think, but for me it would have sat better further integrated into the film. Okay. Did you spot a mile off that Yaya Abdul Mateen the second was the baby from the first film? Yeah, as soon as he said his name's Anthony, I was like, oh, he's the baby. I did. And I thought, did you not? No, not at all. Because I thought the guy um, uh, William Burke, I thought he would be Jake, the the um, the, the, child. the child from yeah. the from the first. No, no, straight away I was, like, oh, he's Anthony. He's Anthony. Oh, I did straight away. Um, and also. Vanessa Williams has got a picture in her loft somewhere, she, hasn't she? She's amazing, but she's so, and it's a small scene, but what an amazing scene! Yeah. And to see after just seeing her only like a week before in that original film, to see her come back as well, I thought that was really well done. And it's only today that I realised that there are two Vanessa Williams that were born in 1963 in America, um, because yeah, this isn't the one that sang. The best, she, save the best to last. No, well, she is. Oh, is she? But she's not that singer. Right. <laughs> she's not the former Miss World, or whatever the other Vanessa Williams was. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think she was. She was certainly Miss America or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're saying four stars. You're, yes, you're trying yeah. to convince me that, that like, yeah. trying to get you to talk you round. Well, and... no, I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I just, I felt that was the that's how I felt when I came out of the film and I can only judge it on the way that I felt like I emotionally felt I thought it was really powerful I know there were problems with the third act I totally get what you're saying but I thought I, I really liked the way that Nia DaCosta had re, re-looked at the Candyman story and had retold it mm. I just wasn't convinced that and you know what actually when when you're saying you feel that sort of things were sort of tacked on at the end and I'm saying, oh, I was a bit confused by it. It does really make me think that maybe there were you know, like multiple writers on this and that there had maybe been script changes and I think that's what happened perhaps towards towards the but end. But there were really good people behind this. It's yeah, Jordan Peele wrote the screenplay yeah, and, and Nia DaCosta, who is a, a great cinematic talent. Yeah. Um Wynne Rosefield, who uh, who was producer in Black Klansman and things like that. Okay, you know. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, st- I still stand by my four star review. I re- I really liked it. I really liked it, and I would like to see it again, and really see if I can make sense of it. Because you know, when you see something once, and you think, well, maybe I've missed some of those subtleties. Maybe I've missed the way that it weaves together into the into the third act. And I want to watch it again so I can point out all the odd all the editing edits. points. That Great. Oh, I look there. forward to that. Mm. Um, really good fun, though, to actually to watch an original of something and then go and watch the new... The new. I, I've not felt this excited about going to the cinema for a while, actually. Okay. And near the Costa coming back. Like, any film we watch oh, that yeah, is no. uh, that we enjoy at the minute, um, the art house director is now coming back to do a Marvel film. Yeah, great. Uh, Happy with that. What is she doing? She's doing Marvels, Marvel. which is the Captain Marvel sequel. Oh, okay. Which, obviously... Oh, yeah. Harrison. Yeah. Um, so that's coming out next year, I think it is. Okay. Um, but first, we've got to get through Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We do. I mean, you do. You're not going to see I'm it. Not, I'm not bothered. I mean, 
I saw the trailer again when I went to see Candyman. And it was my second time seeing it. And I was slightly more engaged with it this time. I don't know whether I've just... I've had enough of Marvel. I've just had enough. There's, not, there's been one film in two years. I just want something different. Like, I really enjoy... And that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed Candyman. Because it was, like, a standalone story. It wasn't anything to do with any sort of mad franchise. Don't say... It, it literally oh, is a franchise. You know what I mean? You know, no, it's not like the DCU, MCU, whatever CU. And, you know, all of that sort of malarkey. It was just a story. It's part of a franchise. That's the worst point you've ever made on a podcast. <laughs> it can't be. There's much, much worse. Much, much worse. It's like it's not even like a horror or a... <laughs> well, you might, I might, you might not look at it as a horror, Mark. Mm. The film it reminded me of, which is a film that I also didn't like, which a lot of people liked, was uh, Us. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I... I, I... Which obviously is Jordan Peele connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that didn't get me very it didn't get me emotionally us yeah again it was visually very striking and mm. the ideas behind it were very powerful but yeah it, it wouldn't be a film that i revisited so that's yeah that is interesting but i didn't think it i liked it much much more than us final point much, much more than us i really want that apartment oh yeah don't you i mean art dealers it's are lovely, uh, art dealers it? are making the money in uh, american cities oh it is Beautiful. There was a lot of beautiful sort of like apartments and like um, places. I was going to say, but that's a bit generic. But you know, like the art gallery and yeah, yeah and and shot, shot, um, projected in laser looked beautiful. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah. Don't be going down to London every time you want to go to the pictures. I, I don't think I could afford it anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> Excellent. Well. I think it's time that we got a um, an actual TV and film podcast out rather oh, than tell me yeah, about it. yeah a so main show. As we we have say. been away for such a long time, but we're we're getting over our, our sickness, and we're going to come back very soon with a proper main show talking about the TV we've been watching recently, and also you've been to see Free Guy. I've been itching to talk about this. And you really want to talk about that, so we'll be putting out a new podcast relatively soon. I think we've got guests this weekend haven't we so uh, we might not be recording no when you, when you say you have guests on a podcast contact it means like we're getting someone guest on not oh, just that we've got no. someone stopping at our house got someone stopping over yeah <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes. yeah yeah so we're gonna <laughs> just reminded me of who's gonna turn up this weekend that's yeah. what it is but yeah yeah we've, we've got people stopping over so we might not be able to record a podcast while they're here because that might be a bit rude i think you're mixing up this podcast with me phoning my mum. Yes, yes, People yeah, listening yeah. don't need to know that we've got my mate staying. Alright. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Mark's uh, wrapping me up now. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful. That took about a few attempts, didn't it? That did take a few attempts, yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. That was a big edit. <laughs> Um, so yeah. but yeah we'll be back next week to talk about Free Guy which is an out of date film now which probably isn't even in cinemas <laughs> and a load of TV that everyone else has watched yes. like about three weeks ago hooray hooray <laughs> see you later bye
love and make